Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Tuesday, October the 18th. I'm Richard Woolley. And I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, middle market reporter Lucia Camblor will be discussing how some direct lenders are avoiding losses in times of volatility. Editor Luca Rossi and I will be discussing the latest on Madeleine as the UK retailer undergoes an M&A process. Editor Robert Schack will be joining us to talk about Keter, the global resin-based consumer goods producer which plans to raise 200 million euro new second lien debt to support a proposed amend and extend request. First up, Beatrice Mavrolion is here to discuss the latest from the European primary market. Some issuers faced a challenging primary market over the last week, while others found creative ways to extend their maturities. In an unusual move, German pharmaceutical company Stada proposed an exchange offer of its 3.5% senior secured 2024 notes for new 7.5% senior secured notes due 2026 as part of a liability management exercise. The deal follows the recent postponement of of primary issuances from Belgian recruitment business House of HR and Dutch artificial grass company Tencat. One of the issues Stada may have faced if it had tried to refinance its 2024 notes in the primary market would have been the 2023 maturity of its 400 million euro RCF. However, now the group is negotiating an extension of the revolver, probably to 2025. Uh, Stada has also extended the maturity of its 371 million euro ruble denominated local facilities in Russia with roughly two equal tranches due in 2025 and 27. Investors said pricing of the new 26 notes is fair as they all rank pari passu with the company's term loan which is yielding just inside 8%. On top of the 7.5% coupon there is an 8 basis point cash consideration provided with the exchange. Investors were also reassured by the company's strong performance, the resilience of the pharmaceutical sector and the 339.8 million euros of cash on the company's balance sheet. It's unclear whether the group will attempt to refinance its remaining debt via a similar arrangement. At the same time, two issuers with strong credit fundamentals from the typically risky oil and gas and packaging sectors priced their notes last week. Italian specialist packaging group Fedragoni priced its 300 million euro senior secured notes maturing in October 2027 with a coupon of 11% at an issue price of 97.25. The 725 million euro floating rate notes priced at Eurobor plus 6% with an OID of 91. Oil and gas mature field specialists meanwhile priced 350 million dollars of senior unsecured notes with an 11.625% coupon to yield 12%. Earlier this month, our senior reporter Lucia Camblor spoke to Mark Wilton, a senior member of Bearings Global Private Finance Group, as part of Reorg's expanding series of on-the-record interviews with market leaders, available on the website under the heading Expert Views. Lucia is here with me now to talk about it and to give us a bit of an overview of what she and Mark covered. So over to you, Lucia. (laughs) Thank you, Richard. Um, We spoke about how to avoid losses in times of volatility. And one aspect he mentioned is to build a portfolio that tends to lean into defensive sectors, to be overweight on areas that are non-cyclical, robust and consistent. The second point mentioned was diversity. The more concentrated a portfolio is, the more volatile the return is going to be. So having a big book of businesses 
with many borrowers, was highlighted as a key mitigant for losses. We also discussed what types of facilities have been favored in recent times. Given where we are in the cycle, he said that it is expected that we will probably see more use of subordinated lending, be it mezzanine, holcopic, or preferred equity type structures, which is really reflective of the opportunity. He highlighted that he wasn't sure we were there yet, but undoubtedly there will be in the next investment window an opportunity for those sorts of products as well. Okay, and Mark also had some, some fairly interesting things to say about the move from public to private credit. What was, uh, what was the sense there? Yes, he said that we are seeing increasing flows of capital out of public fixed income and going into direct lending. And while public, the public markets remain volatile, private credit is steady and consistent. Uh, as in private credit, the actual returns are driven by the strength of the underlying investments rather than just market sentiment. And he argued that this asset class is more able to ride through the storm, that it is attractive to investors, and it will continue to be so. Okay, thanks Lucia, that's great. And um, there will be lots more of these expert views pieces on the Real website in the coming weeks, so please do look out for them. Hi Luca, thanks for joining us. So UK retailer Madeline remains very topical this week as it tries to secure a sale of the business. Why don't you take us through some of the latest around this name? Hi Andrew, so uh, there is a big story we published last week and the big news is about of a group holding the majority of Madeline's second lien loans, which is uh, planning to submit a bid for the business before this Friday. This Friday is the deadline for the first phase of the company uh, M&A process. So this is an offer which includes cash to cover 350 million pounds uh, of first lien bonds of the company in full. And then it's in the form of a credit bid for the second lien. So if this offer wins, the second lien holders that will be converted into equity. The second lien group is currently advised by Julian Lokin Freshfield. And interestingly, we know that the group does not include Matalan's founder, uh, John Hargreaves, who has a position in the second lien uh, notes too. Uh, so we know that this is not the only offer that uh, the group has received. Another offer is... Uh, has been submitted, or at least it's been worked on, uh, is the one by John Argreaves, again, the founder of the group, and Elliot Advisors. So the two are in talks uh, to, pro to, to submit another offer uh, and to finance this offer to retain the control of the business. And um, what else do we know about other bidders? So there are other potential bidders currently doing the due diligence on Matalan, and that comprises several private equity investors, particularly U.S. Uh, funds. Uh, Sky News reported that Mike Ashley, who owns a majority stake in the Fraser's group, is also interested in bidding for uh, Matalan. So going back a, a second, uh, Matalan and its stakeholders started the, the competitive process, the M&A process, at the end of September. And uh, the group first lien ad hoc bondholder group is hoping for a target price of at least 
410 million pounds to cover the group's uh, first lien notes and the 60 million super senior uh, RCF facility provided by Bantry Bay, which is, by the way, an entity controlled by Elliot. So if this sale somehow proves unsuccessful, the ad hoc senior secure bondholder group would be prepared to take control of the company by part equitizing its debt and extending the rest to hold on to the company until the environment for a successful sale improves. And there's been a number of uh, announcements made by Madeleine uh, yesterday. Why don't you just take us through some of the key points and raised? Yeah, the company announced that over the 90% of the holders of the £350 million first lien secured notes have agreed to extend the maturity of these facilities from January to July 2023. And this is a way to facilitate Matalan's recapitalization plan and the ad hoc group of holders, uh, the first lien um, um, bondholder group, has offered to provide 200 million pounds of senior secured stapled financing to interested parties who want to acquire the business. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Luca. Thank you. There's been a lot of interest in the market of late around resin-based consumer goods producer Ketter's proposed amend and extend request. Robert Schack has been following the story closely and he had this to say when I spoke to him earlier. Ketter is one of several issuers facing upcoming maturities after having failed to refinance in time. The global resin-based furniture maker had attempted to refinance its 1.2 billion euro term loan back in January, launching a new term loan via JP Morgan. Books were covered but in a rush of blood to the head, BC Partners decided to postpone the deal and try refinance at a later date in more favourable market conditions. But following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, primary markets became increasingly challenging and it never got another window. As a result, Keta is now seeking an A&E and circulated a proposal amongst its largest lenders. The company is asking for a two-year maturity extension of its term loan B. In exchange, it offered lenders a 100 basis point uplift to the loan's current 425 basis point margin. It is also proposing to prepay around 250 million euros of the debt at par, funded by a 50 million euro equity injection by BC Partners and 200 million euros of new second lien debt. The new second lien debt will pay 14.5% pick, come with a 95 OID and mature three months after the extended first lien debt. BC Partners is also looking to raise some 300 million euros of new first lien debt due 2025, issued in US dollars at a 90 OID to prepay existing first lien debt. The deal would bring net leverage through the first lien debt down around one turn to four times, but given that the OIDs would consume most of the sponsor's equity injection, total net leverage won't change much. Overall, the offer was not unreasonable. Given the state of the markets, most lenders had been expecting an A&E, and Keta has been relatively resilient in terms of trading, remaining free cash flow generative to date. However, in another seemingly ill-thought-out move, BC Partners was also trying to coerce lenders into accepting the deal by raising the threat of stripping holdouts of their loan covenants and security. It means dissenting creditors risk being left behind in the existing loans with no margin increase and no security. But the move was counterproductive given that BC would need to secure an 80% majority from lenders to make the changes to the loans, meaning it could be blocked by just 20% of the lenders. With a lower threshold of a just 75% majority, the sponsor could have pushed through the A&E by a scheme of arrangement and bound everyone else instead. But it seems like the proposal has now come unstuck after Keta was downgraded to Triple C by Fitch, 
and is off the table for now. However, negotiations are continuing since the loans will become current by month end, ratcheting up the pressure on BC to reach a deal with lenders. On Thursday, November the 3rd, Reorg will be hosting an in-person event at Claridge's in London. We'll be bringing together two panels of experts to discuss the latest from the primary and restructuring markets, with guests from Houlihan Loki, HSBC, Wild Gotchall, Rothschild and Searchlight. The International Women's Insolvency and Restructuring Confederation is hosting an event on November the 10th in conjunction with Reorg. The half-day conference will include discussion of the restructuring landscape, navigating directors' duties in restructurings, international restructurings, and understanding imposter syndrome. Following the conference, delegates are invited to a drinks reception from 5pm to 11pm at the Mercer. Also in November, Deal Catalyst's Specialist Lender Forum on Private Credit Finance takes place in London. Over 180 specialist lenders and investors have already signed up, and if you fall into either of those categories, you can sign up for free. If you are not a specialist lender or investor, Ryug has secured a 20% discount, saving £400 on the standard ticket price if you go to the Deal Catalyst website and use the promotional code REORGPOD. For more information on all of these events, please reach out to marketing at reorg.com. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast to let us know how we're doing. More information on all of the situations discussed in the podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.